Welcome to Belief Busters Podcast, where we change the world one belief at a time. I'm your host, Reverend Cherie Taylor-Jones, and I'm really glad that you could join us on the journey. Welcome to another episode of Belief Busters. I'm really excited about the topic that we are going to deconstruct and look at. What's your belief around abundance and prosperity? Well, today's guest is going to take us on this journey. We have the pleasure of having Dr. Dennis Merritt Jones. Woohoo! Okay. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, throughout his lifetime, Dennis Merritt Jones has been on a quest to inspire and lift people to a higher expression of life. His personal vision is to guide people to their purpose, knowing that when one fully awakens to who they are and why they are on the planet, they begin to naturally share their gift with humankind and in the process, create an enriching life for themselves and the world around them. This is why I do the work I do. I just love this. Dennis, you know he's written several books. And you may be familiar with The Art of Uncertainty, The Art of Being, or his most recent book, The Art of Abundance. He is also a columnist for Huffington Post and Science of Mind magazine. Welcome, Dennis. Thanks, Ray. It's good to be with you. Thank you. As you can tell, I'm super excited to have you on the show, but also the topic that we're going to talk about. I first met Dennis at one of the um, affiliated New Thought conferences. And when I met him, it was just this like kindred spirit. And I was just, I was like this little kid with this spark. And it, it just, you know, when I get that kind of energy, I know that it's going to be a really meaningful connection. Um, so I just want to say that and just gratitude that you said yes to being here with us. Well, I'm honored to to be joining you today. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you. So there is this quote that I found on your website that's really powerful and I'm going to share it. This is what Dennis says. There is a fundamental difference between abundance and prosperity. Each plays an equally crucial role in creating a fulfilling life. And it is important not to get one confused with the other. Abundance must precede prosperity. Can you expound on that a little bit? It's another way of saying cause and effect. Abundance is the cause and prosperity is the effect or result. Abundance, if you can think of it as a universal principle of more than enough of anything, anything you can conceive of, anything. Right? So we're not talking just about material Things we we could have an abundance of relationships or time or good health. The the manner that abundance can manifest in our life as prosperity is limitless. I mean, we can be prosperous in in relationships, healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. We can be prosperous in in enough time to do the things we want to do. So it's 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 really connoting the, the understanding that abundance is a principle. Prosperity is the effect of that principle in action. Now that's powerful because I have to tell you, right? I'm a new thought minister as well. And I have interchangeably used abundance and prosperity. Yeah, so people. you're schooling me as well. And I'm just super excited about that. So 
let's go back to what do you think people when they look at abundance, when they look at the prosperity concepts, especially for us in new thought, I mean, that's supposed to be foundational for us. And yet the majority of us struggle immensely in this area. So what are the limiting beliefs here that we're holding? That's, that's, that's the question of the ages, you know, and, and I, I end the book by challenging us to scale that invisible wall of the belief that keeps people from experiencing authentic, you know, abundance in every area of their lives. It boils down to this, Shri. Uh, we, we live in a, a shame-based society. Okay? Mm. Our culture is shame-based. I was raised in a shame-based home. Probably a majority of us uh, were. Yeah. Shame, just so we can kind of clarify, the, uh, put shame in its proper context, uh, let's, let's compare it to guilt, okay? Mm-hmm. Guilt is a feeling that you've made a mistake of some sort. Shame is a feeling you are a mistake. Yes. That there's a fundamentally a piece missing from who you are, to, to, that, that, that without that, you'd, you, you can't manifest wholeness. And so we, we shame is the hole in the soul, and, and it's founded in there's a not enough of whatever belief. If, I mean, if, if, if shame is established in I'm not enough, irrespective of what I do, how much I accomplish, how beautiful I am, how strong I am, how much money I have, if I still believe I'm not enough, how can I ever create enough of anything meaningful and worthy in my life? Ooh. Belief in not enough. And so shifting from a, a belief in not enough, which is endemic in our culture, we're right. born into it. Right. Look at the way that, that uh, we're marketed to on, on television. Every TV commercial is designed to convince you that you're not enough, that there's something missing. And until you buy it, then your uh, life will be complete. Yes. <laughs> and so, so, so we have to move into this, this, this basic idea that, that uh, we have to shift our consciousness, which is, there's a whole chapter in this book dedicated to consciousness. We have to shift our consciousness from a, a belief system establishing not enough to more than enough. And the universe, as you know, has big ears and yes. is listening all the time, and it can only affirm what our deepest beliefs about ourselves and life is. And that's what consciousness is. Consciousness is just the, the sum total of every thought we've or belief we've ever embodied to be the truth about ourselves or life from the day we were born until this moment in time and it forms this this invisible vessel that the universe must pour itself into to help manifest the life that we envision and if we're operating from a, a, a belief that there's not enough irrespective of what it is how the universe has no alternative but to give us an experience of more not enough. Not enough. Yeah, I get that. Because we, we live, you know, one of the principles is we, the universe is expanding at the speed of light. And, and that, that expansion is, is, uh, means that if we're a microcosm of the macrocosm, which is what we teach, mm-hmm. that means that, that there's some aspect of us that there's this impulse within us that is continually pushing out, wanting to be more. And it, does, it will have its way. The, the principle of expansion will have its way with us. The question is, how will we shape how it shows up in our lives? And that's what consciousness determines. Right. More of more than enough or more of none? Not enough. Yeah. Now, I've worked with lots of different congregations, and it seems like that is an overarching theme of that not enough. 
I'm not good enough. There isn't enough. And no matter what's, what spiritual principle we're working on, that always seems to be the default yeah. that, that we're starting with. Well, the, the, the evidence, the apparent evidence is right in front of us. And when we look at our lives and we look at the, the, the lack and the things that are going on in our lives and that we can point to and say, there, there's proof that there's not enough. And, and if we continue to stay established in a belief that there's not enough, it has to circle back around to the cause, which is the belief that I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Yeah. What are some tips and tools that you could give our listeners to start that reframing, to start that shift from that erroneous belief that they're not enough, that there isn't enough, to we are more than enough? Well, it's all contained within this book, The Art of Abundance, which I would suggest, you know, encourage people to, to read because it'll help guide them through. We can't cover all this in a half hour conversation. Sure. But it, where it begins and, and ends is, number one, realize that you're one with the universe that is more than enough. It's expanding at the speed of light. You realize that? That's <laughs> pretty powerful. Yes. Yeah. 282 thousand miles a second or something like that light speed you know it's 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 quite stunning when you think about it and contained within the universe is continuing to create more of itself from within itself as it expands and we can either claim that principle as ours and working for us ernest holmes referred to it as the creative divine urge mm -hmm. that aspect of us that's always pushing out right. saying i've got to be more tomorrow than i was yesterday but it doesn't determine what of it, it that leads us uh, up to our consciousness to determine okay. what that's going to look like. Okay. So, so how do we shift consciousness? What again, consciousness is the sum total of your beliefs. So, so it means you have to first off become aware of what you're thinking. Correct. Because your thoughts are only the result of your beliefs. Okay. Your beliefs father your thoughts. Absolutely. So, so when we begin to become conscious witness to the thoughts we're having. To the feelings that we're having and we can begin to observe become the observer of our experience our behavior and our thoughts and feelings then we can if we're conscious enough we can call them on the carpet and, and challenge them okay you realize how amazing it is this is why self-awareness is a and, and emotional awareness is such mm -hmm. a huge part of this practice self-awareness you realize how what an amazing thing it is that that we have the ability to think a thought or to have a feeling and then step outside of that thought or that feeling and observe it, and analyze it, look at it, poke it, smell it, feel it. And if we don't like it, then change it. Yes. And that's the, that's the practice right there is, is understanding that we're at choice to change the beliefs that are moving through our, our head at the level of our thoughts and actions. Yes. So, so when we catch ourselves behaving as if there's not enough, if we're conscious, we can say, hold it right here. What belief do I have that has caused me to act this way in this moment? And it, we can always track it back to first cause, which is at some level, we've separated ourselves from source. From source. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Um, and that's really the ethos of this podcast is that until we give ourselves permission to challenge the thoughts and beliefs that we have been indoctrinated into. Mm -hmm. um, until we do that work, 
we can put all the affirmations and denials and whatever else that we want to put on, but right. it doesn't change us at a fundamental cellular conscious level. We have to, we have to have a shift at the, at the level of consciousness of, of our deepest beliefs. And, and it's kind of like a weed in a garden. You pull out a, a, a weed out of the garden. The soil is the creative medium of mind that's neutral. It just produces whatever is put into it. You pull out that negative belief and you plant a new belief where that negative belief was in, in consciousness and mind. And that new belief has to be established in I am enough. And if you have to go back to first cause or, or realizing you're one with God or source, the universe life, yes. God is I am. Yes. There's the affirmation. And if God is enough, that means that someplace within me, there must be enough. There is enough. Yeah. Beautifully done. Beautifully said. So let's go back to the abundance and prosperity. Expound a little bit about um, the abundance being the cause and prosperity being the effect. Everything boils down to energy. Einstein said it beautifully. E, e equals MC squared. You know, it, it's, it's that equation that everything... At one, for, at one point was energy, and it still is. Even, I mean, these hands are, are nothing more than energy moving at a certain pace and vibration, right? Yes. So, so everything's energy before it becomes form. Uh, this chair that I'm sitting in was energy first before it became a chair. It was an idea that somebody conceived of in their mind and, and, and then began to shape energy around that idea that put it into action to create the thing called a chair. Right. So, so, so abundance is realizing that you're one with a universe that has no limits on it. And, and that if you allow yourself to, that's, you know, the first three chapters of the, of the, the book, the Art of yes. Abundance, the first chapter is realize that you are one with your source. You're born into it like a fish in water. You're one with it, but you're not aware of it. Most of us aren't. Right. Second is to realize that you live in an expanding universe. It's pushing out the speed of light. And if the universe is expanding, there's some impulse within you that wants to expand. Expand as well. The third is be accountable for your consciousness. Understand that you have to be able to witness your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and challenge the ones that are not serving you well. By the way, Sheree, this is also why emotional awareness is so important. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, if we're paying attention to our feelings, our emotions, they will tell us what's going on in our mind before we're aware of what's going on in our mind. Okay, emotional awareness will will tell us. It's like a telegraph that will tell us what we're thinking or feeling. We not even be aware of. Correct. So emotional awareness is a huge part of of uh, dialing into an awareness of there be you being one with a universe that is profoundly uh, abundant. Profoundly abundant. I love that. The prosperity aspect of that. The result. Outpicturing. It's, it's the outpicturing of it. Whether it's the $50 bill in your wallet, you know, yep. or that, that automobile sitting in your car or your driveway, or the, the, the energy of a body that is being sustained by a healthy, vibrant uh, rich, ritual of, of the right food, right diet, whatnot. Those are all effects of a cause of, of, of an abundant principle that there's more than enough of whatever you need to not only just sustain yourself, but to manifest a life worth living. Yeah. The cause, speak, be one with source. The effect is the results of that and how it looks in the world, five sensory world. 
No, I, I really do appreciate this take on it. I think it's really significant in assisting people in shifting at a cellular level. Um, I think a lot of us come into new thought and we get this wonderful rush of positivity and we are reframing the world in new ways that we never had before, right? I mean, if we come from shame-based or other religions, I mean, I grew up in Catholicism, went to Catholic school. Let's talk about shame and guilt there. I mean, that's the underpinning of it, is it not? Yep. And yep. so we come into new thought communities and there's just this overwhelming sense of unconditional love and possibilities. And then we kind of get stuck there. You know, I, I, as you know, I was I was a pastor of a church for 23 years yep. uh, before I and that was I started founded my church in 1985 and I left it in 2008 to to continue what I'm doing now. One of the things that seemed to stay the same, irrespective of how great of a teacher I was or how much people got from being involved in the church, that. You know, New Thought churches have been begun sometimes referred to as Church of the Revolving Door. Oh, yeah. Because people come in, they get fixed, they get what they, they think they need. Yes. And then they manifest it and then they leave. And what they haven't manifested is the consciousness to sustain what they manifested. Preach it. Yeah. And so, so you know, it, it, this this teaching is a way of life. It's not... It's not something that you come and do and then walk away from. You, right. It lives in you at, at the cellular level, it's thoughts, feelings, deeds, and actions in everything that you do. It's not something that you think about part-time. You live right. in the principle that we're talking about. Right. This is not about the law of attraction. No. Oh, no. It's far, far it's more. far more profound and deeper and richer than that. Yeah. And I think a lot of our folks come in underneath that law of attraction and how fabulous that they can create yeah. materially. Yeah. You remember the movie, The Secret? Yep. That, you know, they, they showed the little boy standing in front of the store with the seat bicycle in the window and, and the, the narrator says, you just got to change your thoughts and, and bike is yours. And it shows the next scene, they show the kid riding the bike down the street. The same thing with the woman at the jewelry store looking at a necklace and, and just change your thoughts and, and, and she, she's going to get the necklace and she does. But the, what they don't tell you is the, the work that has to be done between the desire and the manifestation. Amen. And it's, it's a shift in consciousness that, that too many of us don't take uh, serious. Right. And my friends, it requires work. There is no shortcut to this. There is no magical thinking. There is no formula. It means that we look at ourselves, yes, from our divine consciousness, but also from our humanity. We are both. And so the work is for us to really look at the thoughts that I have. Are they true? Are they of spirit? Are they of oneness? Or and, are they and, and if, if they're if they're not, you have to ask yourself, where do they come from? Where do they come from? Yes. And am I willing to change that thought? Am I willing to let go of that thought? What no am way. I willing yeah. to let go of that thought, let go of that belief, let go of the fear of, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to be creating if I let go of that belief. 
I cover that in the book about people clinging to what they have out of fear that there's not enough, and so they hold on to what they what they have, and the universe is saying, ah, let me help you demonstrate that more that there's not enough, you know. Whereas if we push off, and, and I visualize in the book being in a stream, being lifted by the stream and carried, you know, we, we don't always have the ability to see what's down around the bend when we're in the river flowing with it. But we have to have the faith that, that by letting go, we're opening ourselves to something greater. That the universe really is here to support us. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the Buddha came to teach us that, that life is full of suffering. And, and that it doesn't have to be that way when you understand that suffering is caused by attachment. By attachment. Yes. Yes. What you're attached to causes suffering. This book really seems like it's vital for our new thought communities to make this shift to the next level. I wrote it, I wrote it as a new thought minister, but I put it in language that is secular so that people, irrespective of where they're at in their unfolding, that they can look at it and get value from it. But it is, you know, Ernest Holmes was my teach, my, my great teacher and uh, inspiration. And so you'll see the, the spiritual DNA, if you will, of Holmes embedded and printed throughout this book not only with his quotes, but the teachings of the principles of science of mind, which in its purest form is understanding that this principle of oneness, we come, mm -hmm. we all come from the same place. Why is it that one person can manifest a life of beauty and, and, and prosperity and not more than enough, and another person manifests a life of not prosperity or, un, or, or not enough, filled with not enough of whatever? It, it's not a capricious universe that is picking some people out and saying, well, you get it and you don't. It's a universe that says, I agree with whatever your deepest beliefs are. Ooh. Say that again, please, Dennis. Well, it's the universe just simply agreeing with whatever our beliefs are. It's saying, yep, yep, let me help you prove it. Yes. And so when we look at through the eyes of not enough, we look through the eyes of scarcity, uh, and, and there's all kinds of, of behavior that reinforces that, you know. Uh, that's the universe is listening in and it's affirming whatever our beliefs are. If we, if we're, if we're operating from a belief that, that, you know, I have to steal or I have to cheat or I have to lie in order to get something, the universe is saying, well, let me, let me show you how much, uh, that doesn't work for you by creating more of not enough. Yes. Yes. This <clears throat> is such a juicy conversation and yet I feel like there needs to be more. So, You've been mentioning that there's a class coming up, yes? Yeah. It, uh, January 11th, I'll be doing a five-week class on Zoom sponsored by Centers for Spiritual Living. Uh, and you can go to my website and get the link to, uh, to sign up for it. Um, it's a five-week class. It's going to be very experiential, and it's based on the book, uh, The Art of Abundance, 10 Rules for a Prosperous Life. Just go to DennisMerrittJones.com. And you'll see on the uh, events page uh, the link to the CSL uh, website where you can sign up for it. I'd love to have you join me. Terrific. Thank you. Anything else that you think that you want to, um, we may have missed, or you want to leave with our listeners before you go? Yeah, boy. A lot. <laughs> probably, probably, I would say this is that 
it's real easy to feel in all the swirling around in our world today, get get swept into the cracks, crevices of, of the minutia and, and get to feeling like you don't matter, that you're not enough. And what I, what I want you to, to, to focus on is the idea that, that you, you do matter. Mm-hmm. You do matter. And, and, and not just you matter, but what you do with who you are matters. And so be proactive in, in staying connected with an idea that you're one with something larger than yourself and that you matter. And bring that awareness to the world by means of your thoughts, deeds, and actions, and and how you show up in your daily life. You know, you may not you may not think that you matter, but I guarantee you, there's people around you who you're affecting by that that beautiful uh, ripple effect that yes. you're changing their lives just by showing up with a positive uh, attitude and uh, an attitude that is propelled by love rather than fear, love and trust rather than fear and doubt. That's a beautiful place to end. I can't tell you how wonderful this conversation has been. I know our listeners have just um, been filled up. So my belief buster posse, I invite you to take the risk to really look at what do you believe? What do you feel about the universe? What do you think about separation? Are you behaving in a way of oneness, of allness, of abundance. If not, I encourage you to join Dennis on January 11th at his workshop, and I'll see you next time on the flip side. Thank you for joining us on this exploration of belief systems. I hope this gives you permission to change your beliefs and subsequently the world. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and leave a review wherever you listen. You can reach me at info at preachitsister.com. I've also written a book, Turning Your Why Into Why Not, that gives you practical resources and steps that you can take to continue on the journey of exploring what your belief systems are. I look forward to seeing you next time on Belief Busters Podcast. See you on the flip side.